Today's daf is daf Talad. We are holding five lines from the bottom of the Gimel Base. The Mishnah said, is that the liability of executing the animal or paying kofer by a case where the animal is a muad, it, it applies whether it's an adult, isha, isha, or bevenabas, or even if it is a minor, a boy or a girl. Tanra Bonun. We learned in a brisa, O ben yigach, O bas yigach. And the Pasuk says, O ben yigach, to Mikhayev Kigdolim, that the din of Muad applies not only by adults, but minors are the same liability applied to minors as apply by the killing of adults. On this, the Bryce asks the question, would that not be logical? Why would you assume otherwise that you need a Pasuk for this? Is it not logical? We know that when a man kills another man, there's liability. The chay of shorba adam, and there's also when an ox kills a man, is liability. So let's equate the two. So makish chay of adam be adam, when a human kills another human, lo shona lo shno, we made no distinction ben ketanim legdolim between youngsters and adults. The chiyuv is the same chiyuv either way. So avkish chay of shorba adam. So when an ox is liable for killing a person. Right? So then, why would you make a distinction between minors and adults? That you need a postdoc to tell me this? Why would I thought otherwise? But oh, and furthermore, it's actually, it's not just a, even a mamatzin, just comparing them as, a, as equals. It's actually a kalvachomer. Uma adam be adam. In a case where a person kills another person. That there, in terms of the perpetrator, the murderer, we don't equate minors to adults. Only if adults kill, are they chayet. But if a minor kills, you're potter. So by a human being, where we make a distinction in terms of the perpetrator, in terms of the murderer, chayet bo alaktanim In terms of the victim, we don't make the distinction. So by human beings, we do make a distinction by the murderer, but by the victim, we don't make a distinction... So then, when an ox kills a human being, there, even by the perpetrator, by the mazik, by the damaging party, we don't make a distinction. We don't care how old the ox is to determine where there's liability. So, you should make a distinction by the victim. So, by human beings, we make a distinction by the, uh, by the perpetrator, and we don't make a distinction by the victim. But on ox, we don't make a distinction. We're Machayev, even the, uh, the, the, the killing, the ox that kills, we're Machayev, even minor ox, we don't care how old the ox is. So, then why would you make a distinction by the victim? So, therefore, we want to know why do we need this pasuk of ben yigach or bas yigach to make a chiyuv on ketanim kedolim? What's the reason that you would think that otherwise? Of course, you should. There should be no distinction. Why do you need a pasuk for that? So, what's his light? Is that it's not so? Is you could have made the argument imamart adam be'adam that even though it's true by human beings that you don't make a distinction between killing an adult or killing a minor shechen chay ve'arba dvarim. And the, the, the Torah it holds a greater level of liability by human beings than when a human being kills another human being. You have additional four levels, four types of damages. Aside from the Nezek, which even an animal you have to pay. But you have four others. You have Boshes, Shevas, Ripui. You have, uh, you have four other uh, types of damages that you don't have by an ox damaging uh, 
a, 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 a person. That doesn't have those. So there's a greater level of, of liability by a man killing a man, or a, we see because there's a greater level of it might, there's a greater level of, of liability by damages. Therefore, you might think therefore a person is high of whether he kills an adult or a minor. But maybe by a shore that's enochai barvar that doesn't have the additional four types of liability, right? You don't have the bosha shevas ripui and the tsar. So therefore, maybe you would not be chai for killing a minor either. That's why you need the pasuk tamid lomer oven yigach ovas yigach. Is that no? They're the same way is there's no distinction by by an. A human being killing someone, so too there's no distinction by an animal killing someone, but the Posik is necessary because you might have thought that there would be. Now, the Posik of Oben Yigach Obas Yigach that says your high of liability, whether it's a adult or a child, that Posik is written by the Parsha of Muad. So we've shown by Muad that there's no difference whether when it comes to paying kofar or executing the animal there's no difference in whether the victim was an adult or a child. But betaminoin, how do you know the same thing is true by the killing of a tom? By the, 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 when a tom does the killing. Because by a tom, you only find there's no difference by adults between men and women. You don't find a posit by tom that says that minors are are, are uh, your chayiv, the time is chayiv to be executed. There's no kofar by, by Tom, but there is, the, the, the punishment there is execution of the animal. How do you know that Tom is executed for killing a minor? So where's the dinu? Again, this should be logical. We find that an ox is chayiv for killing a adult man or woman. And also by Muad we find that it's chayiv venubas, that you're for killing a boy or a girl that's a minor. The just as the chiv of killing an adult, there's no distinction between Adam and Muad when it kills an adult. So then, why would you assume that there should be a distinction by a minor? By killing of a boy or a girl, a minor. So therefore, just as we don't make a distinction by an adult, then why would you think to make a distinction by a minor? That's argument number one. The Ode, and furthermore, I'll even make it a strong, I'll make it a Kalvachomer. Ma ish ve'isho Adult human beings they're at the un, they're uh the they're they're they're, they're the their 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 rights are weaker when it comes to uh to damages compared to a minor but that means that the, that the they're hold they're held liable under all circumstances there's no exemptions by an adult so therefore they're at the lower end they're their lower hand when it comes to damages the, the, and 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 we don't make a distinction whether a tom, even though they're an entity which is usually weaker concerning uh, damages, but it makes no difference. There's liability on the animal, whether it's a tom or a muad that kills them. Right? Either way, you execute the animal. So Benubas, So when you're dealing with a child, shayupa kocham benezokin that they have the upper hand when it comes to damages because if you damage them you have to pay them but when they damage you a child damages you then they're exempt from payments so where a the Torah has more in, uh, strength to a minor 
So then, call the chomer eno din shalotach lo bahen bein tam lemuad. There should be no difference that the there's liability on the ox whether it's a tam whether it's a muad. So basically, the second kalva, the first is a mamatzi, the second is a kalva chomer. Chomer works basically like this: is that the cow is a human being, a human being, an adult human being is got is on the is on on the lower hand. It's got the uh, the lower hand when it comes to damages that he's high whatever and he damages and still if your an ox kills him whether it's a tam or it's muad the ox is going to be chayev to be executed so a child which has the upper hand the Torah protects him when he damages his potter so therefore kalva chomer if an ox whether it's tam or it's muad kills a minor it should be executed and that there shall be no distinction and you execute the animal either way so what it says that the, this, these two arguments are both flawed they both are not valid arguments Amar you could say as follows let's go first on the uh, uh, on the on the the, the, the mamatzina when do we compare a lenient situation to a stringent one and then apply the chumra, the stringency, to the lenient one? That's not how things work logically. If you're comparing A to B and A is more lenient than B because B has a stringency, you don't apply it to A. A is the lenient party. So therefore... You're telling me is like this. Muad, which is more chamur. And therefore, you want to tell me that Muad, you're chayev to pay for minors. I understand you're chayev to pay. There's liability when you kill a minor. There's no difference when you're killing an adult or you're killing a minor. Because Muad is more chamur. Now, you want to apply that to, to Tom. The fact that uh, a tam is chayev for killing an adult doesn't automatically mean that a tam is going to be chayev for killing a uh, minor. Tam is more lenient. If tam is more lenient, what applies by muad doesn't automatically mean it's going to apply by tam. So therefore, you can't make the mamatsinu that way. So tachmir tam, which is more kal. So if that, first of all, that knocks out the mamatsinu. You can't just say, let's compare the two and make it more, and make it applicable. It's not, it's not true. That tam might be more lenient and should not have the stringencies of, 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 of muad. Number one. The ode, and furthermore, this is the kalvachomer we made. We say, the kalvachomer was, is that adam, that, that adults are more, uh, are inferior, they're considered like more kal, and then an ox is chai ben tamamuad. So therefore, children, which are more chamur, for sure an ox will be chayev ben tam muad. So maybe it says like this. Maybe the way to under, uh, undermine that kalva chomer, I'll tell you, is that an adult is chayev in mitzvahs. And since an adult is chayev in mitzvahs, maybe the Torah holds the owner of the ox more responsible. You've taken a person out of this world that was doing mitzvahs, for sure you're liable. But a cotton, a minor, is not chayv in mitzvahs. Maybe the death of the cotton is not, has, does not have the same level of liability because you did not stop somebody from doing mitzvahs that was chayv. 
So therefore, that knocks off the kal v'chomer. See, Amar Pe'ish Ve'isha Shekein Chayom Mitzvahs. Men or women that are adults are chayv and mitzvahs. So that's why maybe in such a case, there's liability on the owner of the ox that the ox has to be executed. But Talmar, can you say the same thing? Ve'venavaz Shepeturim in mitzvahs. There is no chayv mitzvahs. So therefore, maybe there would be no liability on the ox. Talmud Lomar, Oben Yigach, Obas Yigach. So it comes along, the Pesachim says that uh, whether it gores a boy, whether it gores a, a, a girl, that you are going to be chayv. Now, as we pointed out, that Pesach is written by Muad. However, there is redundancy in the Pesach, because it says twice, Oben Yigach, Obas Yigach. It could have just said, Oben Obas. You didn't even have to write the word Yigach either time. The word Yigach is written twice. So therefore, why do you have to write the words Oben Yigach, Obas Yigach, even though it's by Muad, why do you have to write the word Tam twice? So it's teaching you two halachas that apply to minors. Nagicha betam, Nagicha b'muad. The first Yigach is that it makes no difference whether the minor is a Muad, where it's written, whether the, uh, where the uh, animal is a Muad, whether it's written, or Oben uh, Yigach, the first Yigach is teaching me, even if it is a my, if, if it's a, if it's a tam, whether it's muad or it's a tam, that's the gabe misa. There's going to be that you execute the animal either way, and also this bas yigach. Why is it written again the word yigach by the word obas yigach? Negicha lemisa, negicha This distinction that the same level of liability applies by tam and muad that you have to execute whether it's an adult or it's a minor. You have to execute the animal either way. Also, let's say it's damages, the din of Chatzinezek by Tom. You, have no, you don't have a direct parsha in the Torah that tells you what you do if your animal, a Tom, damaged someone. So therefore, we also don't make a distinction over there. Ben Yigach, Obas Yigach. The second thing is that your Chayev, if your animal damaged a minor, you have the same level of liability. If it's Mu, it'll be Nezek Shalom. If it's Tom, it'll be Chatzinezek. You have to pay as well. That's the second Yigach is coming to teach me. All right, let's go on. Let's see the next Mishnah. Zog the Eilig Mishnah. Shorshayim is chacha bekosel v'nafal al adam. An animal was rubbing itself against a wall, causing the wall to fall on a person. Now we're assuming right now he did not intend to kill the person, right? And therefore, when there's no intent to kill, there will not you cannot execute the animal. Is that if you can't execute a person when he doesn't intend to kill, so you don't execute the animal. So here too, the animal is just rubbing itself against the wall. The wall fell over and killed someone. So niskaven laor, niskaven laharagas abehem, laharagas adam. Also, here's a lack of intent. The animal intended to kill a another animal, and accidentally it killed a human being, right? Or leknani, the animal intended to kill an ovekuchavim, and harag ben yisrael, and it killed a Yisroel. Le Nephalim, it intended to kill a non-viable baby, which is a baby that wasn't born with the right sufficient mounts is going to die. Vaharag, but accidentally killed Ben Kayama, a child that is viable. In all these cases, it's Potter, there's an exemption here. Now, what the exemption is for, we will see a Machlokis Negemorum. Amar Shmuel, Potter mimisa the kofer. All of these things you don't execute the animal for because you need the right level of intent. Intent to kill a bar chiyuva, that would be the way you execute the animal. But even though you don't execute the animal, there's still a chiyuv to pay kofer. 
That is Shmuel's opinion. That uh, actually a drosha that Rashi brings down again. Im kofer yushas alav. The extra word im. We learned that from yesterday. Now that's Shmuel's opinion. So the chayav, the, the, the potter in the mission is only referring to misa, but you're still going to be chayav in kofer. Rav Amar potter mizel mizel. We had Rav Shita yesterday as well. Rav holds that when you don't execute the animal, you can't pay kofer either. You only have to make a person make kofer where you're going to execute the animal. So therefore, if you don't have kavona to make there to be there a, an execution, so that you don't have to pay kofer for that case as well. Says the one like this that. Why are they arguing over here whether you pay kofer or not in the case of our Mishnah? Right? Shmuel says you're paying kofer. Why would you be paying kofer? The fact that this is a unique situation, we at this point assume that the animal has not been doing this for a while, and this just happened. So, why would there be even a, a, a havamin of kofer? Shmuel says you pay kofer. Why would you pay kofer? We don't pay kofer for tam. This is more like a tam. It's not happening. It's not a muad. It's not a muad for these cases that one understands right now. So why would you pay kofer at all? It's vamai ha tam who it's a case of tam. Answers the Gemara. Kida amar rav. It's like rav explained. It's bemuad lipol alpne odam beboros. Rav explained as a case that we're going to have. The Mishnah later on on Memzayan is that it says that if an ox falls into a pit and it kills a person who's at the bottom of the pit, that there is kofer. And then we're asked the same question, the Chorah, it would seem that this is a situation of Tom. So why are you paying kofer when it's Tom? So the Gemara says that the animal has done this a number of times. That this is the third or fourth time that the animal did this. And therefore, the animal is muad for killing people in this manner. Since the animal is muad for killing people in this manner, therefore, you have to pay kofer in the case of the pit. So the Gemara there asked the question, one second. But, I understand the animals are muad. How did it ever get to this point? The animal fell into a pit three times. It was trapped. It couldn't run away. You know what the animal is. All the answers before that said, how do you get to a muad if you've got to kill the animal when it's a tom? doesn't apply over here. The animal falls into a pit three times. One of the times, Basin should have hopped it and executed it. So how does it become a muad uh, in order to... Uh, in order to have to... Uh, to say that, that, that you're high for kofer, the animal should have been executed. Sigmar says that um, the case over there was that the animal was each time reaching to eat vegetables or each eat vegetation that was at the bottom of the pit. So we could not clarify the right necess- necessary intent in order to execute the animal. That's why, so the third time it happens, the fourth time it happens, we see the animal is a muad for this, but it still doesn't have the intent, because it still wasn't going to necessarily try to kill the person, it was trying to reach vegetation out. So that's why there will still there'll be a case of kofer, according to Shmuel, but there won't be an execution of the animal. So, but over here, what are you going to say? The animal is rubbing itself against the wall. And that makes it into a muad. So if that makes it into a muad, and means done it three times, so clearly you see the person, the animal is intending to do this. If the animal is intending to do this, why don't they execute the animal? Siyachi bar katolahu, why is this animal only paying kofar? It should be executed as well. According to Shmuel, according to Rav, he says it's part of from both. It should be chayav in both. 
So there you could say that we don't have the necessary intent because the animal is reaching for vegetation that's growing in the pit and that's why it fell. So you can't say that there was intent to kill so you don't execute the animal. You just pay kofar, according to Shmuel. Ella, hacha, what are you going to say over here? If the animal three times knocks down a wall, kills a person, clearly the animal is intending to do that. So when it says, We're saying that over here, the animal was scratching itself for its pleasure. It didn't intend to kill. So even if it did three times, it might have intended to kill the first three times. In this case, it's a muad, but we can't execute the animal because here in this case, it didn't intend to kill. How do you know in this case, the animal three times has done this. How do you know it doesn't mean to kill over here? So it says the boss of the Nafal comes because even after the stones were knocked over, it continued to rub itself on the stones for its own gratification to to, to ease an itch. So clearly, you see that the animal wasn't doing this on purpose to kill somebody, because then it would not have bothered continuing to rub itself on the stones after they fell. So it must be that there's no kavana to ex- to 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 kill, and therefore you don't execute the animal. But it is a mu'ad; it's done this at least three times, so you have to pay kofar. Someone says, "Lakati tzoros nino." Lachora, when an animal knocks a wall, the wall now the stones fly out and hit somebody. That's tzoros, and by tzoros there's no kofar. So how could Shmuel say that even though you're potter from execution, you have kofar? There should be no kofar over here. It's tzoros. Summer of Mari of Kahana, the Kaazul Mine Mine. We're talking about that the animal didn't just knock the wall and let them the, wall, the stones fly. It moved with its body weight behind the stones. It actually fell with the stones, crushing the person directly. So using the stones as the tool, but the body weight of the animal behind it, that's not Srodos, that's Gufo. And therefore, in such a case, there will be a case of Kofer, according to Shmuel, even though it's not Kavanos Lahazik, we'd say it didn't intend to kill, because otherwise it should be executed, and the way we know it didn't mean to execute, because it continued rubbing itself on the stones even after the stones had fallen. Alright. Says more like this. Tanya Kavaz the Shmuel of Vetiyufta de Rav. We have a Brysa that supports Shmuel, and it's a refutation on Rav's Ashita. Now Shmuel held that even if you don't execute the animal, you still can pay kofer. Rav said that you, only when you execute the animal can you pay kofer. Says the Brysa that this Brysa supports Shmuel, the Brysa is an argument, uh, dispu- uh, disputes Rav. How do we see this? Disproves Rav. There are cases where the animal is going to be chayiv both to be executed and to pay kofer. Sometimes you have to pay kofer and you're potter from execution. Right? Which is that right away is refuting Rav because he said if you don't execute the animal, you don't pay kofer. And sometimes you execute the animal and you don't pay kofer. There's cases where you both don't execute the animal and you don't have to pay kofer. Let's go through the cases. Hakate said, what are the cases? Muad An animal was a muad, done this three times, and it intended to kill. So it's chayiv in misa, because it was kavona, and it's chayiv in kofer, because it's a muad. That's the case of Chayev in Misa and Kofor. Muad Shaloba Kavono, if animals are Muad, done this three times. But it does not have intent to kill, so that's Chayev the Kofor, your Chayev Kofor, because it was a Muad that killed. 
but there's no execution because there was an intent to kill. This is that case is the case that supports Shmuel and is a kasha on Rav. Tam if it's a tam, but it intended to kill, so Misa tam gets executed, but there's no kofar, potzer kofar. All right. Tam shalobekavona, if it was a tam without intent to kill, so potzer is that you can't execute because of shalobekavona. You can't pay kofar because it's a tam. That's potzer mizeh u'mizeh. So the Bryce supports Rav and, dispu- and disproves Shmuel. On the other way around, uh, supports Shmuel and disputes Rav. Okay. Now, continues the bride. So, till now, we'll be dealing with the animal killed. What about when the animal damages a person? Right? Now, as the Rishon will speak out over here, usually an animal damaging property, for an animal damaging property, intent is not important. You're going to be high of either way. But what about when it damages a person? Now, shane and regal means if it trampled a person or it did something to a person for its own benefit and it damaged the person rubbed up against the person, let's say, and then it knocked the person over and the person got damaged. So in those cases, you're chayiv because kavana doesn't play an issue. The only time kavana makes a difference is by keren. So the question over here is where an animal, uh, let's say, intended to gore A and it ended up goring B, but the animal, but the person didn't die. The person only got damaged. So there was a lack in the intent on the person damaged. So there was a case of Karen because you intended to gore, but you gored the wrong person. What will be the, what will be the halacha? So Yehuda says, you have to pay. Rabbi Shimon says, your potter, you are exempt to pay damages, whether it's a case of Karen Shaloba Kavona. How so? My, so what, what's the reasonings? So my time is of Yehuda. He says, Yalif Kofro. He says, let's learn out from Kofor. My Kofor, Shalobah Kavana. Kofor, we said, you have to pay the compensation of Kofor with, even when there was no intent to kill. So Av Nezokin. So it's a Nezokin, you're gonna have to pay, even when you, when, a, when an, an animal damages a person, even Shalobah Kavana, even if there's a lack in the intent to damage. Now, Shimon Yalif, me Ketale, Deshar. He learns it out from when you have to execute an ox. When do you execute an ox? Ma katle, just the katale, you only execute the animal when it's, uh, if, it's, if it was the kavana, but shaloba kavana. The animal did not intend to kill. Then potter, you can't execute the animal. So to banazakim, if the animal did not intend to damage the person, if it's shaloba kavana, you will be potter from, from damages. So now, why is Yehuda learn it out from Kofor? Why doesn't he learn it out from execution? And therefore, Kavana should play a role. Right? The Yehuda says, no, I learn out from Kofor. Kavana doesn't play a role. You have for damages even without Kavana. Why not learn it out from execution? He says, because Kofor is a form of payment. And the Zakin is a form of payment. I'd rather learn out a payment from a payment. And I would rather not learn out the laws of the Zakin, which are payments from the laws of execution, uh, execution, killing the animal. That's the opinion of Yehuda. Now, Rav Shimon, Nami Nelef for why doesn't Rav Shimon learn out from Kofor? And say, just as Kofor Yechayv, even without Kavona, so even without Kavona, why doesn't he learn out from the case of payment? Why is he learning it out from the case of Kofor. So he says like this, Danin He says the thing is like this, when an animal damages, the liability is through the act of what the animal did. Right? It's the animal, Yurchai, for what the animal, the animal's actions are directly, the Chiyav is really the pla- placement on the actions of the animal. So too, when an animal 
when 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 uh, in in a case of uh, uh, when an animal is executed, the animal is being executed for the animal's own actions. It's what what the animal did. So damages of what the animal did and and uh, executing the animals what the animal did. When it comes to kofer, kofer the payment of kofer is not as much about what the animal did. It's what the person did. The person should be chayv mizvedei shemaim. You chayv mizvedei shemaim, not for what your animal did. It's what you, what your negligence, what you've done wrong, is why you chayv kofer. So therefore, I consider, says Rab Shimon, the category of kofer not to be the same as the one of executing the animal or paying damages. Because there it's directly you're paying or you're executing the animal for what it did. When you pay kofer, it is the responsibility that you have for what you have done wrong. Because it's not like you're not getting chiyuv misvedei shemayim because of you, your animal. You're getting it for you. So therefore, la'afuka kofer de chiyuve de balimu, because that's the obligation on the person. And therefore, I would rather compare, says Rav Shimon, the zokin to the execution, to misa of the animal, and not to kofer. Okay, let's go on. So the Mishnah said that if the animal intended to gore and kill an animal and it killed a person, potter, so you don't execute the animal. Let's say the intent was initially to kill a person, person A, and then instead you uh, uh, unintentionally killed person B. So you intended to kill A and you, then you killed B. It's mashma then, you'll be executed. You'll be high if the ox is executed. It's only because the ox intended to behema and then it killed an Adam. But Adam to Adam would be Chayim. Now, we know that whatever applies by the owners, by, by Adam, applies by the animals. So the more is going down, that actually what this Mishnah is reflecting, our Mishnah does not go like the opinion of Shimon. The Sanya of Shimon says explicitly in the Brisa, that there's an exemption from executing the ox even if it intended to kill person A and then it killed person B. Not like our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said it's only exempt when it intended to kill, a, 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 intended to kill an animal and then it killed a person. But person to person, our Mishnah is Mashma Yuchai. From Shimon says clearly you're potter. My time of Shimon, what's the reason for Shimon? Because he says, the Pazik says, I show you Yumas, that the ox has to be executed and the person deserves to be killed, the owner of the ox. So we compare, like we had before, that means how, under the circumstances you'd execute a, the owner, that's when you execute the ox. And Rabbi Shimon's opinion is that by a person, you're only chayv misa if you kill the person that you focused on. You intended to kill A and you killed A, that's when you're chayv. But if you intended to kill A and then you killed B, you'd be potter from killing B. You'd be, you would not be high for killing B. So the ox as well. So Avshor Nami, It's only if you intend to kill, the ox intended to kill the person that he killed, would the ox be executed for that. Well, by Bailam, Island, how does Rabshima know that by Bailam, how do you know that it is a, an exemption from being executed by the owner, by the man, if he intended to kill A and then killed B? Because the Pazik says, by when a person kills and is executed for killing, it says, that he has set an ambush, and he attacked the person for whom he had set the ambush. Now, you don't need to write that he had sent, what I have to say, that he set an ambush for him and then he attacked him. Just say he attacked him. So why do we have to say he set an ambush for him? 
It means the person who was killed had to be the one who was intended the, that he wanted to kill. He plotted to kill that one. If he killed a different person, Rabshimon says, Yuri Potter. Rabbonon who disagree, Rabbonon say, if you intend to kill A, you pull a trigger at A, and then you kill B, you're Chayv Misa for that as well. Because you intended to kill, the fact that you killed the wrong person, doesn't it get you off the hook? Now, how do they learn the extra word? Why well, have to say that, he, that they ambushed him for Arav Lo, my Avdile, what do they do with that? So Amri Debe Rabbianai, in the Yeshiva of Rabbianai, they uh, explain the opinion of the Chachamim as follows. Prat Lazaruk Evan Lego. That what's being excluded when you're not executed, even if you intend to kill A and you kill B, you're executed. But let's say you threw a stone with deadly force. You threw a stone with intent to kill into a group of people. And you say, whoever kills, kills. But you did intend to kill. In such a case, they will agree that uh, you will be exempt from execution. Now we're going to see it. It's a group that has in it uh, Yisraelim and Canaanim. So in that case, you're going to be potter. Now, I'm going to say it's like this. So that's what Va'ar of Law is coming to teach me. You have to plan, there has to be an ambush, you have to plan for a specific person to be chayev. Not necessarily the one that ends up killing, but there has to be a plan. If you threw it just into a lump group of people, you're going to be potter. Now, Moses says, Hey, Chidami, what's the case, according to Rachamim, that Va'ar of Law is telling me that you're going to be potter? If the majority was Kananim, who you're potter from killing. And one of them was a Yisraeli. So the Chorah, why do I need a Pasuk to say you're Potter? Typically, the Ruvah Knanim, you know. The fact that Rov are Knanim, you go by the Rov and you'll be Potter of Amisa in that case. I don't know if Pasuk can tell me that. That's Pasuk in the laws of Rov. Inami, and even if it's not nine, nine and out of ten with Knanim, even if it was 50-50, five Knanim, five Yisraeli, you would still be Potter because it's still only a Suffolk. And therefore, Savik Nefashas Lahakel. Since it's a Savik, you can't say, okay, his Kavana was specifically for a Yid, because it's 50-50. He just said, whoever gets killed, and it's 50-50, so in such a case, you will be Potter as well. So that can be the case where you need a Pasuk to tell me you're Potter. So no, you need V'arav Lo, L'tzricha, De'ika, Tisha Kanani, Yisraelim, Tisha Yisraelim, Ve'echot Kanani. You have nine Jews and one Kanani in the mix. So now... Even though you have a majority of Jews and the majority rule would tell me that we can attribute the kavana to kill to kill a Jew and you're bichai of Misa. Since we're learning out here, there's a new rule. All you need is, in that group together, you need one knani that creates a din of when things are in its place. Rove is not applicable about things that have not moved out of their place. These, this group is together. It has not moved out of its place, so it's considered to be kavua. Something in its place, the whole kavua, is treated like a 50-50. And since it's treated like a 50-50, suffix nefashas lahakel, it gets the rule of a suffix, and a suffix nefashas, they're gonna, you know, can't execute someone based on a suffix, because by, when life is at stake, we go lenient when you have a valid suffix. So the novelty over here is, According to some, this is where you learn out the din, is that normally you go with a rove, but if things haven't moved from their place, you apply the din of kavua, that things in their place, you look at a 50-50, even if it's 90-10, you still look at it as a 50-50. And that's what Va'arav Lo is teaching me, that even though there were nine Yisraelim and one Oyved Kuchavim, and therefore the rove should be him. we don't apply the rove because of the law of kavua, and we say that he is not executed for that Scenario. That's what Va'arav Lo, according to Rachamim, is going to be teaching us. Okay. Let's go weiter. 
Zog the Mishnah. Shor Ha'isha. An ox that belongs to a woman. Right? So, you might think that the Pasuk says, this is how Rashi says, it says, Baal Hashor. The owner of the ox. It's mashma that the owner, it's, it's a, a man. That's when you execute the ox. What happens if it's Oshor that's owned by an Isha? Or it's a shor that's owned by Yasomim, that is owned by orphans. Right? So, uh, maybe they're minors, they don't have the mental acuity to take care of their animal correctly. Or a shora patropos means even if an executor was put in charge of the ox of the orphans. Shor Hamidbar, it's a wild ox. Shor Hegdash, Shor that belongs to the base Hamidbar, was, was somebody consecrated it. Shor Hagershim, Meisvayel Yorshim, a Shor that was owned by a Ger who died without any relatives, which means basically it's Hefker. Hare Elu Chayovin Misa, in all these cases, you execute the animal if it kills. If the animal kills, we don't give any exemptions here. In all these seven cases, you execute the animal. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, he disagrees with a few of them. Shor Hamidbar, the animal is, a, animal is a wild ox, or Shor Hegdish, or animal has been consecrated, or Shor Hager, Shemes, uh, or a, a ger that died without any Yorshim, in those three cases, Peturim and Amisa, you will not execute the animal. Because they have no owner. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the execution is a function of penalizing the owner. If there is no owner, there is no execution of the animal. Okay, let's see the Gemara. Tanura Bonon Shor 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 Shiva Shor Shor, the, the word Shor is repeated in the Parsha when an ox kills a person seven times. Why do we need the seven times? To tell you, you execute the ox in all seven cases. Lahavi to include a Shor of an Isha gets executed. Shor of the orphans, the Somim gets executed. Shor of even if the ox is being watched by the Apatropsin, it gets executed. Shor Midbar, the ox of, uh, a wild ox, gets executed. Shor Hegdish that kills, gets executed. Shor Ager Shemes Vayin Yarshim, Ager that died without any inheritors, it's also like Hefker, gets executed. Rabbi Yehuda, like he argued in the Mishnah, argues in the Brisa too, he says, Shor HaMidbar, that even an ox, that is uh, a wild ox, and so it has no owner. And Shor Hegdish, and if it's an, an ox that belongs to the Beis HaMikdash, Shor Hager, or an ox that belongs to, that was owned by an, uh, a, a convert, Shemez Vayin Yarshim, died without any relatives, without anyone, any, any heirs. So Pturin Minamisa, they are all exempt from being executed. If Yishayin Lam Bailam, to execute the animal, it has to have an owner. Okay. Amar Huna. He says, Rabbi Yehuda's Chiddush, that you, ex- that you do not execute an animal without an owner, means that even if the, at the time of the goring, it had an owner, and subsequently the owner either uh, uh, he uh, consecrated it, or uh, the case of the of the ger he died. It doesn't matter as long as it is, even if there's no owner later on, we will not execute this animal. You have to have an owner. Uh, uh, we're going to see at the time of sentencing as well. Which is me, my? How does uh, how does how do I know that this is true? Says Ravuna. 
Midiktani Tarti, because the Mishnah says two cases which really are redundant. Tishar Hamidbar, which means it was, it's, it's from the desert. It's a desert ox. It's, it's got no owner. And yet, Shara Ger Shemais Vainla Yorshim. And you have a Ger that died without inheritors. Now, Shor Ger Shemais Vainla what does it mean that he has no, he has no heirs? It's the cave and the Ainla Yorshim. Have a Shor Hefker. That's an example of Shor Hefker. So Hainu Shor Hamidbar, Hainu Shor Ger Shemais Vainla Yorshim. It's both examples of Shor Hefker. So why do you need two examples of it? The fact that it's giving a second example of a shore of Hefker is telling us that it makes no difference when the animal gave Hefker. That's why it's giving two examples of it. If it's Nagach Ulipsev Higdish, either if it became ownerless by first goring and then he consecrated, it's still considered to be ownerless, or Nagach Ulipsev Hefker, or it, or it was it gored and then it became hefker. Either way, whether the goring happened with an owner and then the owner became ownerless through either being consecrated or being or making it hefker. Either way, that's why that's why Rabbi Yehuda is giving a number of cases where he holds in both cases will be potter. In all scenarios of the hefker will be potter, whether hefker happened first or the hefker happened later. Shmami no, that's the proof. Says Rav Huna that Rabbi Yehuda holds that it makes no difference when it became ownerless. Says the Gemara, what Rav Huna has just taught us is a brisa. Tanya Miyakov, a brisa that supports it. Yes, okay, now Rav Yehuda. Even more so did Rav Yehuda say there's an exemption. Afilu, even a case where it's not gachel higdish, where it first gored and then you consecrated, or not gachel or it first gored and then it became ownerless. You made it, you made it ownerless. Potter, you'll still be exempt. What's the raya? It says that the ox was warned uh, uh, th- through its owners, meaning the owners were warned concerning the ox, the hamis, and then it killed. So you see, according to him, meaning that the since it talks about the owner juxtaposing it to the killing, that both by the killing, the that at, at the time of the killing. And when it comes to based in, you need to have an owner. The who had babalov is when it comes to based in and vehemis and when it kills, the owner needs to be there. If you don't have an owner at any of those points of time, then the animal will not be executed. So when it says mashma only being brought to based in, but not at the actual uh, sentencing. So gemar din loba. You know, you tell me that the, the sentencing doesn't need an owner only when it's brought to based in, but not at the sentencing. Vaha shor yisakel. The puzzle continues on, and the ox will be stoned. So the ox stoning has to happen with the sentencing. It's sentenced and stoned. So it's mashma the owner that lechora that the owner has to be there not only for the <coughs> the, the the goring. But also for being brought to din and for the sentencing. So Moses says, you're right. That the fact that it says, Ashari Sakal in the same postage that it says, Vahuad Babala, Vahemis, teaches me that, uh, you, that you have to just, uh, edit the Bryce a little. And Rabbi Yehuda was saying, Ajate Misa, you need to have the, 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 uh, the death of the victim, the Hamada Bedin, the being brought to stand in court, and the Gemara Din, and the judgment, the sentencing, all have to be shav and kechad, all have to be equal, meaning with the owner there. If the owner is not there at any one of those points, then we do not, uh, hold, we do not execute the animal according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. The Chachamim disagree. Have a good day, gentlemen.